Hello, and welcome to the Veranda Financing Podcast. I'm super excited to discuss a hot topic today with none other than Rachel Hill from Rachel Travels. She actually retired from corporate America at age 27, which is pretty awesome. She's a content creator, strategist, and speaker. Her company, Rachel Travels, helps shift the perception and narrative of what it is to be a black traveler. She partners with global brands in creating and or adding travelers of color into their core marketing strategy. Rachel also helps build up current or aspiring online influencers, turn their passions and skills into a profitable business. Rachel Travels provides a chock full of information on various destinations such as South Africa, Magnolia, Cuba, and more. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. This is awesome. I just wanted to start the interview, just let you know that you are so inspiring. Um, you speak of oh, how, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you speak of how you actually left corporate America, and I really think a lot of people want to change their narrative. And you shared on your Instagram that you rewrote your story. Could you tell us a little about that journey? Absolutely. So after graduating from Florida A&M, you know, I went to, like, the best college. I had this amazing, you know, college experience. And, you know, after you you kind of go through the path, right, like yeah. going to school, um, after, you know, after university or whatever, you, you know, get a good job and then yep. you do that good job, you know, until you retire or, you know, maybe switch jobs, switch roles after, you know, seven to ten years or something like that. And I was on that trajectory. Like, I graduated top of the class. I went to work for a Fortune, literally like a Fortune Top 20 corporation. Wow. Um, so it was a great company. And by the time I was 26, I was making six figures. Like, I, awesome. you know, kind of hit the ground running. Yeah. And so I did have this kind of, like, ideal life. Um, after graduating, I moved to the New York area. So obviously you're like young, making the most money you've ever had living in like the Big Apple. So I yeah. had like this very beautiful and full social life and all that good stuff. And then um, I ended up moving to Philadelphia, um, you know, for, for the same job with, at the same right. company. You know, they move you around. Yeah. And so then I, you know, also had this great life in Philadelphia, like great downtown apartment, always up and down the the East Coast and D.C. and back mm-hmm. in New York and, you know, weekend trips. So in theory, I had this great life. Like I said, I, you know, was moving up very quickly in the company. Um, like I said, making six figures, living this like very full life in theory. Um, but you know, on social media, it looks really great. It looks really lit. But in yeah. the background, I was very unhappy. Mm-hmm. And for some time, I couldn't figure out why I was unhappy. And I felt ashamed that I was unhappy because I'm like, but I literally have everything, you know, like mm-hmm. I have a life that most people, you know, dream of. I'm I'm walking the path. Like I'm, I have the blueprint, like this is, I'm doing it. Right. Um, and then I ended up going to therapy. I was um, I was silently going to see a therapist because mm-hmm. I couldn't, like I said, and then also, let me back up, in the black community, you know, mental health is like, a, a, and not so much anymore, but, you know, back then it was kind of like a taboo subject. Oh, yeah. Um, because I was, 
yeah, you know, so I was diagnosed with anxiety disorder and depression because I was so unhappy. I went to see my doctor, told her, you know, how I was feeling, how I wasn't enjoying things that I loved anymore. My hair was falling out, like all this stuff. And so instead of getting on medication, I decided to go see a therapist. And so for a year, I would go on an extended lunch break on Wednesdays. And instead of going to lunch, I would go see my therapist. And I right. did this in secret for like a year. Um and then I finally got to a point where I'm like, who, I can't do this. You know, like, who really mm-hmm. wants to live a life where I am putting on that I'm happy and that I have all these glittery things, but really I'm falling to the pressures of being, you know, a black woman in, you know, I was in IT, so in a predominantly older white male run industry, mm-hmm. and I'm a young black woman, I'm in like, you know, in on this trajectory, and this is all this pressure and no mental, you know, it was just like a lot no, of I things. Understand. You're trying to be everything to everybody instead of like really defining what you want for yourself. And so I just made a decision that I, you know, I d- had done it everyone else's way. Like I'd done it, mm-hmm. you know. The, the way my parents wanted me to do it, obviously the way society tells us we should do it. And I was like, I'm I'm going to figure out what I want to do. And mm-hmm. so I decided to leave corporate America. And I literally sold everything in my apartment or gave it away. And I would backpack through, well, I traveled domestically for like a month. And then for the rest of 2014, so I left in July. And for the rest of 2014, I went backpacking through Southeast Asia. And when I went backpacking through Southeast Asia, I kind of like really started dedicating some time to um, creating my blog, racheltravels.com. And really I just created it as like an open journal to talk about, you know, why I left my good job, to document some of the conversations that I was having with people very curious about, you know, this young black American woman traveling solo through Asia. And then also to share how inexpensive it was, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm not spending a ton of money and I'm having these great experiences. And, you know, I looked up and, you know, posts were going viral. People were asking a lot of questions and for a little over four years later, this is where I am. Wow. That's an amazing story. And, I think there there are so many things to unpack in that. I feel like a lot of people because I've been there um, when I grad we went to the same school, uh, Florida A and M, and um, Yay. <laughs> I, and I um, was working at um, a really good top investment bank in Manhattan, and um, I used to have panic attacks, and I don't really talk about it much, um, but mm-hmm. I used to have panic attacks um, going to the office. I would literally start to get like my sweaty hands and shortness of breath out of nowhere. And um, Mm -hmm. there was a part of me that felt very guilty of feeling that way and experiencing that because I'm like, you know, um, I'm from an immigrant family and, you know, my parents worked so hard to get here and, you know, I should be happy. I got this good job, you know, and um, I I should just be very happy that I'm here. And, but why am I so unhappy? And I think that a lot of times people numb that feeling with a lot of different, you know, vices to kind of make them get over it. And I applaud you for actually, um, you know, saying, you know, hey, I'm I'm not going to be part of this journey and I'm going (laughs) to go over here and find my happiness. And in doing that, you created an amazing website and business and um, four years later. But how was it that four years to this point 
how was that journey after you did that and you started your your company? How was the process? It was hard, you know. Yeah. And I try to do a a good job or a better job about being very transparent about how difficult it is. And you know, I think a lot of times, and I still deal with this is like they call it imposter syndrome, right? Where you feel mm-hmm. like you don't really know what you're doing or what you're talking about because. You know, a lot of times I'm like, I'm just winging it. Like, I don't, there is no blueprint about being an entrepreneur or recreating your life. You're it's right. kind of like, you're just, you're just going, right? And so sometimes I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And people are like, actually listening to me and following me. <laughs> like, okay, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, it's definitely difficult, like I said, because um, it's difficult, but also rewarding. So let me not yeah. say, like, try to scare people off. Like, it's so hard. So it's, it's, difficult because there is no blueprint as much as people want to say this is how you make six figures this is how you do this this is how you you know get to the top everyone's path is different um and I think more so as a being an entrepreneur it's not more so of a financial journey as it is a spiritual journey because now you are putting so much faith in yourself and, you know, whatever higher power that you believe in or don't believe in. But there is no, like, you know, if you work really hard in this role for a year or two, you'll move to the next level, right? It's not any of that. It's more so, like, you just have to figure out what works for you. You have to study, mm-hmm. you know, your audience. You have to study your analytics. And so you're constantly constantly learning, and you're also by yourself. So that's also, like, that difficult component component as well because you don't really you know you're not in an office full of people who may share some of those similar sentiments as you you're kind of like on your own and of course you can create these communities which is amazing and absolutely you should but still like even if I'm in a community with similar people what I'm doing or how I'm doing my business model may be different from the next person right so and really it's like all of us are kind of like trying to figure it out um, but I would say like the journey has been also super rewarding because I can actually see the fruits of my labor. Right. Um, and I felt like in corporate, it was very, you know, you're working in such a, at least I was working in such a large corporation that I didn't really see the end results of all the hard work I was doing. You know, mm, it's probably like yeah. a little piece of the puzzle. Right. Right. Um, but I can say the rewarding part about recreating my life and, you know, even being an entrepreneur, is I can actually see the end results of the things that I've been working hard for, that I've been sacrificing for. Um, So that's, like, the rewarding part. And then also, you know, literally being able to write down, like, this is what I see my life as, and then kind of creating your own blueprint and allowing – and I'm very spiritual, so I'll just kind of go there – but allowing the most high to, you know, have those opportunities come come forth for you or you, you know, actually like, right. you know, I've even like gone to my journals and like written things down. I was actually going through an old journal from like 2015 and a lot of the things that I have written, I had done, um, I had experienced, I had met the type of person or, you know, whatever it was. And I'm like, wow, how powerful it is to write your dreams, write your prayers, wow. write your intentions, and then they manifest themselves. Wow. And so that's why I've, I'm very like, open and encouraging people to you know recreate your life and that doesn't mean 
quit your job like me. Everybody yeah. shouldn't do that because it's not for everyone, right? Right. But you can have the type of life that you want, the type of experiences that you want, the type of relationships that you want. Or, like, you can create that or co-create it with the most high. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. And and above all, just start somewhere. I, I think that yes. once you take that first step, it will you will know the next step to take. And um, I think that's one of the hard parts about entrepreneurship and also the rewarding part is that there is no blueprint. I mean, you could follow someone else's model, but they are still different than you. You're your own self, right. unique self. And when it's your business, you're going to see that in your own business, what works for you. But taking that first right. step, it will reveal the next step, and you kind of explore 100%. while you're acting. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people want the whole big picture, like, you know, how am I going to get to step seven? And it's like, no, just get to step one. And like exactly. Said, step two will, you know, re- will reveal itself. And it's really just staying very present, which is something I've learned, you know, being, like, recreating my life and being in this particular journey because in corporate America it's kind of like at least how it was for me it's like okay cool if I do this well for a year or two and I like you know make these sort of connections that I know I can move into this role so you can kind of like kind of look in the future and say like this is where I want to be and I kind of know what I need to do to get there when you are on this journey it's like I see where I want to be but I have no idea how to get there right so let me just start with just taking that first step and then, you know, building brick by brick. Right. And you don't really know who's going to come in your path while you're building that could actually help you get to that next level and that right. can, like, kind of give you even more of a guidance of what direction you should really take. Mm-hmm. So you recently became an expat in Johannesburg, um, South Africa. Um, I've been following yeah. you on YouTube, which is pretty amazing. You have your your vlogs on YouTube, and um, Johannesburg is really nice. I've never been there, but from what I see and what you're showing, it's beautiful. Um, Can you tell us about your experience so far? Yeah, so one of the things that I, like, I had these, like, things that I wanted to do, right? Like, definitely wanted to, like, travel the world and all that stuff. So one of the bigger goals that I had was to be an expat for an extended period of time. So when I was at FAMU, I studied abroad. Oh, that's um, nice. And even one time I, yeah, like I studied abroad in Nairobi, Kenya for a semester. But, again, it's like I was, I wouldn't say I was really an expat. I was there for a few months, and then, of course, right. I had to come back home and finish school, and I started working. And so one of the things I wanted to do was actually live abroad, like, have an apartment, have a daily routine, make friends, like have my favorite nail shop and favorite restaurant and favorite, Mm -hmm. you know, bar and all that kind of stuff. Um, And so then earlier this year, I kind of like made the decision in December, like, you know what, I think 2018 is like the year that I'm going to, you know, live abroad, even if it's for six months, like more than enough time to kind of like get acclimated to a place and say I, I did it. I enjoyed it, and, you know, I figured it out from there. Um, And so last December, I actually spent the new year in Johannesburg. And I had been to South Africa before, but it was definitely, like, the super touristy, like, safari, Cape Town, back home. And so going to Johannesburg, I went for um, Afropunk, and it was a bunch of friends there, and it was just this amazing time, this amazing energy, and then seeing all these, like, black people and I live in Atlanta so I'm based in Atlanta so 
it just kind of like had that comparison like successful black people and then hmm. I'm on the continent of of all things right like wow I'm here with the original people and here's like all these beautiful black folks from all over the continent all over the world here working flourishing and like I said the energy was amazing and it's you know like the new year and it's their summertime so you know summer also has like, oh, this nice. energy right where like everybody loves summer and so I was like this is it I'm moving here I gotta figure out how to make this happen but I'm going to move here. And so June came around, and actually June is our summer, but it's um, their winter. But I was like, you know what, even though it's going to be cold, I'm going to move there for the winter and then, you know, just make it work. And that's right. exactly what I did. So I, I booked a one-way, and I just said when I get there, I'll have an Airbnb for a week, and then I'll just figure it out from there. And so that's exactly what I did. So I have been there since June. And I'm still in Johannesburg, South Africa, and it's an amazing place. It's an amazing experience. I've met some great friends. I've, you know, started another business, made some connections. Like, it's just been wild but amazing. And I think it's one of those things, like, if you have the opportunity to live abroad, even if it's for three months, even if it's for six months, like, just go ahead and do it because you have no idea – the sort of door that will open for you that you just never thought could be possible. Did you have any friends there before you went, or um, you just made your connections once you got there? Yeah, so um, when I was there for the new year, I had met a few people um, that I was cool with, um, but they, at that time, I wasn't going to say, like, these are, like, my BFFs. But it doesn't take long, like, at least in South Africa, the people are super duper friendly. Um, oh, and because Johannesburg is um, such a, it's it's kind of like the New York of the continent. So there's okay. just people from all over the world, lots of other expats. So I just utilized my network. I got on Facebook and different Facebook groups and kind of like reached out and said, hey, I live here now. Who wants to hang out? <laughs> and then <laughs> I just was able to, like, create a network of people from there. So it was actually pretty easy. Okay. Because I, I know that's one um, a lot of people's fear. They're like, well, if I'm going by myself and I don't really work anywhere and I have my own business, how do I meet people? And um, mm-hmm. But you just made it sound so easy. <laughs> like, just tap into community. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, social media just makes it – so much easier I think maybe before social could have been a little bit more difficult but now it's literally you get on you get on Facebook there's different Facebook groups I mean you can even search a hashtag like you know expats or you know African expats or whatever you know I took some time and just like search different hashtags to see like who's here who can I reach out to and it really just takes connecting with one or two people and who can like put you in like the network or in the inner circle, and then you can right. kind of create your tribe from there. Yeah. What surprised you the most about Johannesburg while you've been there? Um, I would say what surprised me the most is like the access to to anything, really. Mm. So um, I found that like a lot of times when celebrities are in the country, it's very easy for you to talk to them, um, just because no one is like really high like I like I said I'm based in Atlanta so you know how that can be right um, but no one is like you know super high everyone is you know it's like easy to access 
people and talk to people, and it's also easy to access the type of resources that you need. And so, like I said, I was able to come to Johannesburg and start, you know, my boutique travel um, company, right, and really just to get on the ground, meet some vendors and say, hey, look, I would love to partner with you, your black-owned company here in South Africa. How can we work together? And it's like, okay, cool, like, let's partner together, let's sit down. So it's very easy for for me or for anyone to access the sort of resources, the sort of people, the sort of experiences that you desire to have. Hmm. Um which, like I said, I, I found in the States is not as easy. There seems to be like, I mean, it depends on the city, I guess, but, you know, you right. may have to go through some tapes and some, some red tape people, right, levels, right. egos, whatever. But in South Africa, it's very much like, this is what I'm here. I'm here. This is what I want to do. Who can you connect me with? And if there's wow. someone who can't help you, then they'll say, I can't help you, but I know someone who can. Let me send you an email with, their contact, or I'll make the connection. So oh. I found that it was very easy to come here. Like I said, within I've been here since June, and I've you know started a, a business that's doing quite well. You know. Yes, and I I would love to talk about that. It's called Destination Done Travel. Um, could, yes. would you like to tell us a little bit about your travel company? Sure. So um, one of the things that I found I've traveled to over sixty countries, which has been such a that's blessing. very impressive. Yeah. Um, but Thank you. Um, but one of the things that I've just found from connecting with my audience is that a lot of people want to come to the continent, but there's just so much misinformation about Africa um, and traveling to Africa, like what to do when you get here, safety concerns, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, and that's like I have a whole theory about why that, that happens, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. We don't right. have time. But I wanted to create, you know, experiences for people to come to the continent and have these beautiful and authentic experiences without worrying about all those other elements or that level of propaganda that it's not safe, that it's not developed, that it's not any of those things. Um, and because I was already I knew I was going to be living there and because I was already living in South Africa, I knew it would be at least easy for people to trust my judgment because it's not like right. um, in Atlanta trying to curate experiences in South Africa. It's like, no, I'm here. I live here. I know my vendors. Like I personally am friends with my vendors and, you know, I know how they run businesses. Like I have a team that I've vetted, you know, the different experiences with, you know? Um, and so that was my goal was really to bridge that cultural connection and that really that gap between mm-hmm. the black diaspora in the States and then those of us um, and us on the continent, right? And how can we put money back into each other? And that was another big thing I wanted to do. So I only work with, if I can help it, I, can only, I only work with black-owned companies, right? Mm-hmm. Like only black-owned vendors because, you know, there's a lot of travel companies on the entire continent that are white-run. And not that that's a bad thing, but why would I come all the way to Africa and put my money in somebody that's not native to the land? Right, And that's right. just something that I was like, no, no, um, I want to be able to, you know, support 
these other businesses. And, you know, everyone wants to kind of tap into American travelers and specifically black American travelers. And because I am a thought leader in this particular, like, group, targeted group of people, I just found that it was kind of an easy easy thing to do and to curate. So it's been yeah. doing pretty well. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Now, are you going to do it just in South Africa, or would it be throughout the entire continent? Well, for now, I want to kind of master South Africa. Makes um, sense, I've, yeah. I've learned, like, through this entrepreneurial journey is to master where you are. So for now, yep. we are focusing on South Africa. And South Africa is such a huge country, and there's, like, there's mountains, there's beaches, there's deserts, there's all this stuff that you can experience in this one place. Now, also, I will say it's not just South Africa. It's actually Southern Africa. So I have okay. an experience that goes to, um, it's, it's called East Wantini, but it used to be the kingdom of Swaziland. So we have an experience where we do South Africa and um, East Wantini as well. So definitely focusing on, like, the countries in Southern Africa um, for now. So obviously, okay. you know, in the future, we probably will expand. But right now, I'm like, let me master where I am. Yeah, and there's a lot to see there um, because you, you've you been to, like, different parts of Southern Africa. You were showing you went to yes. Mozambique. You went to yes. um, uh, Les, Lesotho. Am I pronouncing Les, it correctly? Lesotho. Yeah, Lesotho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it looks beautiful based on your footage. It was really yes. nice. And you could go skiing there. So that's exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, so many different things to do. So, like I said, I'm like, let let us master where we are. Um, mm-hmm. Even in South Africa, there's an area called the Wild Coast. So it's okay. along the the eastern cape of the country. So it's very warm, but it's beautiful, and it's, like, untouched. So you can still wow. have this, like, very, like, authentic African experiences with, like, you know, traditional um, huts and homes like that are right on the beach and you know there's like whales that are just like jumping and flapping. Oh, that's amazing! You know, in the water, but yeah, these like super amazing authentic experiences that you know don't cost much because they're unspoiled. You know. Yeah, and then just by booking online, you won't get those experiences that you could provide to these customers because you're there. You know exactly where to go, so it makes it a whole lot right. easier. And also, yeah, and it's hard to find them or even, again, to know, like, how do I navigate through this? Like, what do I need? You know, how can I have this experience but make sure it's the most comfortable experience mm-hmm. as well? So it's been it's been a lot of fun, you know, creating this new venture. Yeah, and it's exciting because I'm sure you're curating it to their interest, so you could take them to, like, the restaurants that they would like to check out, and it, you have right. insider's knowledge. Yes. That's awesome. So it's called Destination Done Travel. How can people learn more yes. about it? So you can follow us at Destination Done on Instagram and then okay. DestinationDoneTravel.com. Okay, so we cool. have um, a Mother's Day in the Motherlands experience that's happening in May. And then we have two more experiences um, that are happening at the end of 2019. We may be launching some more. Um, we have a few other things cooking in the pot, but for now um, – we have a little bit of something for different needs. Nice. Nice. I like that Mother's Day one. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah. 
So um, what advice can you give to individuals who are interested in becoming an expat entrepreneur? Because I know your other company, Rachel Travels, you also provide uh, people with the tools and knowledge of how to grow a profitable business while they're growing. Mm-hmm. So I would say, so to be a, an influencer or to move abroad and do this? Oh, to move abroad and but still have a business that could support their lifestyle. Okay, so my biggest advice is when it comes to creating a business that is sustainable is to make sure that there is as much automation and systems in place as possible. So, you know, there are so many types of businesses out there, and many of our businesses we can take online. But I found that with a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, we end up doing, trying to do all the work ourselves, you know, like, I got to do this. I have to, you know, respond to these emails. I have to fix this thing, right? And I've been guilty of that because I'm, like, very intuitive, and I actually like to learn all the parts of my business so I can fix things quickly if they go wrong. Um, but it's also very important to, to, like, study tools that can automate your business as much as possible. So mm-hmm. I'll give you, like, just a quick example of that. Um, when it comes to social media or even as a blogger, right, so I use a certain tool where um, I had my virtual assistant, which, again, that's help that you, you know, can pay for. You can get a virtual assistant for, like, $6 an hour or something like that, wow. right? Um, but I had them schedule, like, take all the blog posts from my from my blog, RachelTravels.com. And actually there was a tool that uploaded it for you. But what it does is, like, it's called Evergreen. So every day, like, I could create a schedule, and every day it's, like, tweeting out a different blog post, although it's something I read written like in 2016 it's constantly Hmm. tweeting it out or putting it on Facebook so there's content constantly flowing on my different social media channels and so that's just a way that you can automate traffic you can automate sales so I'm not making sales I'm not literally launching or pitching something every day there's just offers going out you know through my social media so whether you are new to me today and you can, like, go on my Facebook page or my Twitter and see different information or different blog posts. Or you've been ro- rocking with, with me since 2014. There's always, like, something going out at different times of the day. So that's just, like, an example of automating content, right? And then there's ways that you can automate your customer service. There are ways that you can automate your sales and marketing. There's ways that you can, you know, automate your email funnels, like there's a lot of different things to do. So whatever your business model is, try to figure out how can you automate as much as possible. And the way that, and the reason why this is important is because when you go to move abroad, you don't have to stress yourself out with staying up late, mm-hmm. um, you know, like staying up late in at where you are so you can, you know, service the people with where your business is based. Makes sense. Or, you know, you know what I'm saying? So there's, like, you know, you want to kind of be as hands-off as possible in the sense of, like, running the day-to-day business. So then you have more time to be creative and to create new things. So that's probably my biggest piece of advice is more of, like, the tactical, logistical thing is to figure out how to automate as much as possible. And what's the best software for that, for the automation that you use? 
So um, it depends on what you want to automate, but I would say, like, a big thing that people should really, everybody should do this is, like, learn how to create um, email automations or sales funnels, right? Okay. So any any email client has that type of capability. MailChimp is probably, like, the the one that most people start with because they have, like, a free plan. Um, but just learning how to automate your emails, which is how you can nurture your new people that are coming to you, how you can, you know, sell products and services on autopilot. So I would say that's probably, like, my biggest piece of advice. That's very helpful. Um, Thank you. Yeah, that makes sense, especially when you're traveling and you're – because how many hours ahead are you or behind? Because I'm in Florida. So I am six hours ahead of Florida. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that makes not, sense. It's not, like, super long, but, I mean, that's really like a whole work shift, right? Like yeah. No, you're right. Like, six or eight hours. So, you know, um, sometimes when I have meetings or interviews or things, I have to be up at, like, I'll have to go to sleep and wake up at, like, 1, 2, or 3 a.m. in the morning to make sure that I can teach a class or talk or whatever, yeah. which, you know, that's a small sacrifice. But if I had to do that every day, you yeah. know, to make sure that I'm talking to my clients or, you know, being available, that's not really sustainable. No, you're right. You're right. Now, the last question um, is that now that you're on the other side of what people spend years contemplating, like, oh, you know, they might be following you on Instagram, like, oh, my gosh, I want her life. <laughs> I love what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to those who are contemplating doing what you did or just rewriting their story, whatever that story is that's nudging them, but they're afraid to do it. Yeah. So I would say the first step to rewriting your story is to physically write down what it is that you want. Hmm. Um, And the reason why I say this is because, you know, a lot of people come to me, they're like, oh, my gosh, I want to be a travel influencer. I want to do this. And I'm like, okay, do you want to be a travel influencer or do you want the freedom to travel and do the things that you want to do? Right, so those are, like, two different, very two different, you know, very different. Not saying that you can't be an influencer, but most people just want the freedom to do the things that they want to do. If that means more travel, then so be it. If that means spending more quality time with their family and friends, then so be it. You know, if that means spending more time creating, like, writing that book or creating other things, then so be it, right? So take some time and write down what you really want and then why you want those things and then even go deeper like what really is hindering me from attaining those things or obtaining them and it really kind of boils down to I can guarantee you is like fear fear that people are going to judge you fear Mm -hmm. that you know you won't be able to sustain yourself um fear of the unknown which is fine like fear is not really real. Danger is real, but fear is something we have to kind of like work through or that uncertainty. So I would say like take the first step and start like writing out what you truly want. Because once you like physically write it with your hand and read it and not type it, but write it with a pen, yeah. then you can actually like look at a, like look in your notebook and read like, wow, this is what I want. And I, can guarantee you that like different ideas and opportunities will just kind of like start opening up for you um, and then it also takes 
like you also have to take a step to to do action. Like a lot of times, you know, we can write things down and sometimes they may miraculously happen, but most of the time you need some sort of plan of action, you know, to start moving towards the things that you want, right? So Mm -hmm. for me, a huge thing is to make sure that you're preparing yourself. If you decide to leave your job or if you want to move abroad for, you know, a few months, make sure that you're preparing. And that means financially preparing, mentally preparing, physically preparing, emotionally preparing, spiritually preparing. You know, like you need to figure out what will it take in order for you to – live in Thailand for six months, right? Like right. start, you know, re- researching, you know, what's the cost of living? Like what are the things that I need? What are the bills that I have to pay for at home, right? So just sit down and start trying to figure out, like, what does this look like for me? Um, and then just start moving towards small actions. It doesn't have to be something dramatic where you just, like, forget it. Like January right. 1st, it's, you know, we're almost in November. January 1st, I'm about to quit and just move away. Like, if you mm-hmm. have the means, then go for it. But for the most part, you need to just take your time. It took me a right. year to mm-hmm. quit. You know, like, I was going to a therapist, but it took me a year of getting my mental together, my emotions together, my spiritual together in order for me to make the huge decision. <clears throat> so while it may seem like it was kind of abrupt, it took me literally a year to even get that confidence to say, right. like, I can do this, right? Yeah. So I would just say take your time. It doesn't have to be, you know, something that's so dramatic. Take your time, but make sure you're just preparing for it. Yeah. That makes sense. Thank you. And now we're you're going welcome. to um, going to our rapid-fire questions, and this is just a way for <laughs> <laughs> listeners to know a little bit about you. Um, so the first one is coffee or tea. Oh, coffee. I like tea, too. Coffee. Coffee, coffee. <laughs> Okay. Uh, which country is your favorite? You've been to 60, right? 60 so far. Oh, that's, that's such a hard one. Yeah. I'll say South Africa since I, like, moved there. Okay. Um, what surprised you the most about being an expat? Um, how easily it is to make friends. Hmm. Nice. Um, what's your favorite dish? I would say, oh, my gosh, I like to eat a lot. This is a hard one. <laughs> um, I would say right now, like, I'm a, a bit obsessed with, like, avocado toast. Oh, okay. And um, where is your next destination? Barbados. Barbados. I hear a lot of good things about Barbados. I really do. I hear it's really Me nice. too. I'm excited yeah. to go. I haven't – I've never been there, so I'm excited yeah. as well. Um, and your last one is, do you have a recommended book? So I would say my recommended book is, I can't remember the author's name, but it's called Letting Go, The Pathway okay. to Surrender. Hmm. It definitely is, like, not a religious book or anything like that. It's more of a scientific book, but it's about – letting go and surrendering and that's like another thing that I've just learned through this process of being an entrepreneur is so so often we are like this is what I want to do but then you're worried about all like how is it going to happen we're always like how is this going to work what do I need to do like what if this doesn't work right but a lot of times when we put things out there we just have to trust and have enough faith 
to know that it will happen. Like if you if you put it out there, it has to kind of happen for you, right? Especially if mm-hmm. it's for like the greatest good of your like of your life and your journey. And then you have to just let it go. Like yeah. it'll happen. Let me let it go. Let me surrender to the idea that I don't have to control everything mm. and let it ride. And so that book put a lot of things into perspective, even when it comes to like relationships and other people, um, health, um, what you like business and career and all that stuff. It's actually a really, really good book. I'm definitely going to put the show notes. I love that. I love what you just said, Yay. being okay with the fact that you don't have to control everything. And I think that's, yes. that's a hard, but also liberating it's idea. Hard. Yeah. But it's also liberating, right? Like, I don't have to control everything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, cool. This is a relief that I don't, I, this is something else I don't have to control. Yeah. Right? And so, yeah. you know, especially if you, you know, are an entrepreneur or you work in, like, a corporate environment or any, really, most of us, like, you want to be able to control how things go. You want to make sure everything, most of us, right, like, want to make sure it's the best. And sometimes it's like you can't control it, and it's cool because you have other factors like other people, um, environmental things that you can't control. You can't control other people. You can't control the way they react. So it's just like, okay, let me let it go. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It'll happen the way it's supposed to. And, you know, a lot of times when it does happen, it happens the way it's supposed to, and then you feel a lot better <laughs> than if you were to control yeah, everything. Yeah, and it happens it, and it happens so much better than the way that you probably would have done yeah. it anyway. Exactly, right. so. exactly. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. Sorry for going a little bit over, um, but it was a great okay. conversation. And um, hopefully if I'm in South Africa, I could definitely book your destinations on Hit travel. That's up. very exciting. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Um, thank you again. You're welcome. Thank okay. you for having me. Bye.